Welcome to Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby. I'm a global branding and public relations expert and author of Getting Unstuck, a guide to moving your career forward with a goal to help you apply the best practices to advance at work. I'm here to shine a spotlight on the mentors, advice, and proven strategies to keep your goals and vision a priority. Tune in as I share the lessons learned from making an impact inside and outside of corporate America and guide you to understand and practice what makes you happy. Hi, and welcome to Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby. I'm your host, Meredith, and this is the show for high performers inside and outside of corporate America. We're talking all about getting unstuck and moving your career forward. And today's episode is all about fear. Listen, I didn't even want to do this episode, but we're approaching the end of the year, folks. It's December, and a lot of us are experiencing fear when we think about 2019. Have you ever known what you wanted to do, but you're just afraid to start? Whether you're afraid that it might come true, you might get the job, and how could you handle that? Or you're afraid of rejection. You're afraid that you're going to try, and then it's not going to work out. You're afraid that you're going to have to explain to people if you can't do the thing you said that you would do. And you're just wondering if you even have the energy to really give it your best effort, if it's even worth it to try. There are so many things that come around our fear, and there are questions that can so easily pivot us in a negative way into negative thinking, into telling ourselves that we're not worthy or we're not able. And honestly, folks, it's a topic that I couldn't address in episode one because it's really a very intimate, personal conversation. And I am recording this in, in my little closet. You've been with me as I've gone through the audio challenges and getting this to work right and getting your feedback as listeners on like, um, can we do this and, and taking your questions. And so it's episode nine. And I want us to have a really serious conversation about fear. And in order to have a really serious conversation, first of all, I think it's important you know why I think we should talk about it. And secondly, I want to tell you a story about when I faced my fear. And it was a fear that I faced by choice. And I think that's really important because when I came back to Minnesota, I heard people, uh, particularly people who were white, I'll be honest, uh, white men who would talk about grit. And I really didn't understand what we were talking about. And they were like, oh, it's like when people just, you know, you just keep going. They just keep getting up and they keep going. And I really struggled with like, I don't understand. But that's because I think I grew up, my dad struggled. He grew up in segregation. He grew up in the South. My dad grew up picking cotton. And so this idea of quitting <laughs> was like foreign to me. What do you mean? So grit was like their way of saying people who don't quit. And I think a lot of times when you're facing a fear, it's because you quit before you even started. And if you could get the energy to start, that grit would kick in and you could keep it going. So each episode, we always start with a question. And the question that really kicked this off for me was somebody just straight up asked me, um, how do you overcome your fear? Like, isn't this scary to you? You, you seem to be fearless. How do you get that? And 
the answer is absolutely not. I'm not fearless. I suffer from anxiety. Um, I worry a lot as a parent. I'm always worried. I worry about my kids. But my coach, Olu Burrell, uh, told me when I started this journey and took the leap, and I called him when I had resigned from my job, and I told him that I had done it. And he talked to me about secondhand loneliness. And I think sometimes people don't understand that a coach is not only there to help you navigate your own internal thoughts, but also to help redirect you and give you positive tools. And so he gave me that phrase, secondhand loneliness, and told me that so often we take on other people's fears because we're just around them so much that we feel like they start to apply to us. And so he really challenged me to be very aware of who and what I was around from media to the people. And so I want you to think as we go through this, where you might have picked up secondhand loneliness, where you might have picked up secondhand fear. And it's not even really the root is something that's happened to you or something that really did take you out of the game, but it could be something that you witnessed, something you saw happen to somebody else, something you heard about. But I really want you to challenge what is true for you when it comes to fear, what is true for you? Okay, so that was a bit of a longer intro, but. Like I said, this is you and me talking, and I think it's important that we are really thoughtful about how we talk about fear. So to recap, in the last episode, we talked about the most common obstacles you'll face, the tools to overcome, and to prevent them. And this episode is going to talk about the influence of fear in your life. Most of the obstacles in your life are caused by fear. Like, that should release you right there. It's caused by fear. So if you can pinpoint where those fears are, if you can overcome those, if you can just like run at the bull, life is going to be so different for you. Like, just think about that. When I think about, even for me, one of my major tools to overcome my fear are theme songs. And so um, my greatest theme song that I use all the time, I'm a little embarrassed to even mention it now because Kanye went a little bit nuts and I don't know that we should, you know, I don't listen to his new stuff, but in his old stuff, the song ham that he did with Jay-Z is like my go-to song. Like when I can't find the energy to get hype, I use other people's energy. That's just a little tip for me to you. So Jay-Z has a line. Y'all don't even know what I've been through. I played chicken with a Mack truck. Y'all, bleep, would have been moved. I swam waters with great whites. Y'all would have been chewed. I hustled with vultures late nights. Y'all would have been food. So I think you sometimes have to just like, I know that was totally not the hype reading of it. I apologize. I can't do him justice. So I'm not going to try to like give you my Jay-Z impression. You can ask me about what happened when I had a Jesse Jackson impression and somebody made me actually do it to Jesse Jackson. So I'm not going to do impressions on this podcast, but that's even a fear, right? Like Jay-Z could listen to my podcast and be like, that was really whack. Why did you read it like that? You sounded like Carlson, like put more energy into it, right? That's a fear. That's legit a fear. So these are all things that could hold you back. But I got to that song, getting back to our story. I found that song in 2009 when I was working at McDonald's and I was doing really good at my job. I was a speechwriter for Don Thompson and he was the president of the U.S. business. We were traveling all the time and it was this time of year 
And it was time to talk to your manager about promotion, race, time of year for performance. And I have always been a high performer. I don't know about you. I was a good student in school. I came out of school with financial goals. I have always been very focused on those. So I knew that when we did the performance review timeframe, I knew raises were between three and 7%. And I knew that you could get more money on top of that. And so I always wanted to ask people, how do you get more money? Like, how do you get more? How do you get rewards? How do you get, I'm very reward motivated. So I had this, my mid-year review, I had my end of year review, whatever it was in December, however you look at your year. And the manager, when I said, uh, you know, what would it take for me to make more next year? He said, well, you know, when you look at the next level at the manager level, uh, people typically have an advanced degree. So that's all you got to tell me, more degree, more money, here we go. So I started to do research. I started to look at different graduate school programs. And because my undergraduate degree is in communications, it was really a, a weird position because on one hand, you can almost do any degree program if you can make the case that communications and my corporate experience prepared me for that. Now, keep in mind, I went into finance coming out of college. So I, I did have that experience and I was working in businesses and with business leaders, but I did not have P&L experience. So an MBA would be different because it would require more financial and I, that wasn't as much relevant to the work I was doing. And I was afraid. My experience in finance was really hard working in finance, finding that lane, finding work that I could do, finding work that I was credible to do since I did have a degree in communications and not in accounting was really hard. And I always try to be transparent with people like none of my jobs were ever easy. It was never like, whoop, 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 whoop. this is simple. No, it was really hard. So I found this program at Northwestern and Northwestern is known for journalism and for communications. And I was living in Chicago. So it made sense because I couldn't necessarily travel and I didn't want to do an online course because I really like community. I like to be with people. I learn better when I'm in a cohort model. And so um, that this Northwestern program had all of that. And it was a master's of science in communications, managerial communications. It was totally relevant and aligned with my job. Like everything they were talking about, I was doing speech writing, crisis communications, media relations, internal communications, like uh, research theory and understanding marketing and advertising and how do you talk to consumers and how do you talk to stakeholders and financial reporting and reporting to a board of directors and investor relations, all of these very specific areas of communications that I wanted to be able to get into and I wanted to be able to support people, but I had the experience, but I had never necessarily had that formal attest on that. And I started to realize that people, it was easier for people to make those decisions when it was apples to apples. And I was giving them an orange. I was always the orange in the group, right? And it was like, I believe she can do it. So let's go with her. And I felt like at McDonald's, I, there was this door that was open of there is more opportunity, but people were, were always very clear about what it would take to go through that door. And like they say, what got you here won't get you there. So I knew I wanted to do this program. First of all, I knew I wanted to do my get a graduate degree. Then I knew I wanted to do this program. But then you know what happened? It cost $90,000. I'm not even lying, $90,000. And it was a full-time program. And I had a full-time job. And that triggered fear for me. Fear. What if I spend $90,000 and I don't finish? 
What if I spend $90,000 and I don't get the promotion? What if I spend $90,000 and, and it doesn't do anything different? Like nothing changes in my life. I just have this degree. Like I had all of these crazy thoughts. And I want to talk to you about how that fear, how I had to overcome that fear. It was really impossible for me. And so I took it into steps. And the first step was I just put the deadline on my calendar. I had applied late. I had a very short window to turn around and to do the additional work. They needed a transcript from Howard. They needed um, they needed a letter of recommendation from my workplace to say that I could manage doing a full-time program and working full-time. And they needed somebody to say that I should be accepted. Like it was a conditional acceptance kind of like, you're technically, going back to episode one, I was technically in, but there were some non-technical things that they needed that might have separated me from other candidates and secured my spot. One of which was they needed to know who was going to pay $90,000 because I don't know, I didn't get financial aid. <laughs> so I don't know about everybody else. I didn't get financial aid. So I was afraid. I was paralyzed in fear. And I committed to just taking the step of just printing the information out just going to print it out. I'm going to put it on my calendar and I'm going to see for myself where this would fit into my schedule. I know now when the classes are, I'm just going to try to map this out. I want to tell you, and it's the holidays, but uh, you know, this is like an always miracle on McDonald's street story. So I was printing out the paperwork and I left some of the papers on the printer and Don's assistant, Deanna Yevermov saw the paperwork, saw the acceptance letter, saw that it was $90,000 and she took it to Don. She didn't say anything to me. I don't, I, I don't tell this story often. She didn't say anything to me. She took it to Don and she is the one who said she should do this. Meredith is really qualified. She's really good. And this education is going to make a difference. She's going to be able to do a lot more with that formal training. And so they, I guess, talked about it. Don talked to a bunch of people and he called me into my office before the deadline and said that I had been doing a lot of work and he talked to a lot of people and everybody agreed that I needed to get a graduate degree and that he knew I had applied to Northwestern and that he had talked to some people and I was gonna get into the executive program at McDonald's and they were gonna pay for 90% of my degree. That's a praise dance right there, right? <laughs> so I was like, what? So with, I still, are you ready for this though? I don't know if this happened to you as you were listening to the story. Where's the other 10,000 going to come from though, right? Like I'm not just sitting on 10 grand. So I was still afraid. And I was even more afraid because now this man has told all these people that I'm going to be taking this. And as a part of the executive program, I now have to turn in my grades to my employer. And if I got less than a B plus, I had to pay that money myself. I had to pay the, the company back. And if you've ever heard the terms golden handcuffs, it also meant that I couldn't quit that I was basically indebted to the company for a period of time. So I was afraid. And I didn't know anybody who had been offered a deal like this. And I didn't know anybody who had taken a deal like this. I didn't know anybody who'd gone through this program. I didn't know anybody. And I think when we think about fear, particularly if you're not, if you, if you are not me, <laughs> and you might be looking at somebody like me and wondering, why doesn't she do more stuff? Why doesn't she do this? I don't know people who've done these things. So that in of itself makes you afraid because like, why haven't they? Did they try and they didn't make it? Like what happened? So 
I'll tell you that it ended up great. I went to Northwestern. I completed my degree. I learned so much. I'm so grateful for my colleagues, even though none of them showed up from my reunion this year, and I had to go represent class of 2009 by myself. But after I finished the program, it actually changed and went from being two years to one year. Um, and there's different perspectives on whether that was good or bad. But what I really enjoyed about mine was that for two years of my life, I had to pay such close attention to every second of my time, every bit of my resources, because we were still traveling to 50 states. I was still leading communications. We were still having crises at work, but I was able to bring in team members for projects. I was able to take work I was doing to these professors and to get additional help. And I really think it up-leveled what I was able to do, how I was able to leverage my resources, and really how I was able to think about what was possible. And for me, it was two years of proving my fear wrong. The fear that my experience in a historically black college didn't prepare me to go to a predominantly white one. My fear that McDonald's wasn't, you know, Goldman Sachs or some like financial company and that I wasn't going to have the experience to be competitive. My fear that I wouldn't be able to make it work. My fear that nobody would love me at the end of it, I had to break off a relationship to be able to go through and do my master's because I knew going into it and they told you that you weren't going to have time, like that time has to come from somewhere. And I knew that I was going to have to be really diligent with my money because I was going to have to come up with this $10,000 and I was going to have to bank money in case I didn't get the grades and I was going to have to pay McDonald's back. So there were a lot of, there was a lot of pressure and all of that pressure created this fear. And so I want you to think about in your life where you might be facing a decision like that, where you know it's something that you want to do, you need to do, you must do this thing. It might be finishing a book, might be writing a book, might be getting your resume together for that new job. It might be so many things. And I want you to think about just a few examples of where that fear can come in. It can come in with relationships. It can come in with money. I knew that this was something I needed to do financially. It could be something you're procrastinating about, something you've been putting off. It could be an area where you feel like you are just stuck, whatever it might be. And I want to give you some tools. If you didn't hear it in the story, I just want to walk you through and give you some tools to handle your fears that are holding you back. It's going to go really fast because I believe that you can replay this and we'll go through this all over again. So get a pen and a pencil and some paper and let's go. First of all, realize that fear is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. Okay. You've had fear before. You've faced it. So you know what it feels like. Shift the way you think about it. So number two is think about when you're afraid and I want you to breathe through it. It's an exercise and a psychological technique that we call flooding. So you think about something that's really making you nervous, really making you uncomfortable, and then I want you to calm yourself down. I want you to see yourself doing that and it being okay. So for me, throughout that experience when I was applying, I kept visualizing myself graduating. I kept visualizing myself in that, that purple gown with that hat on, with people who were supportive. They were happy to see me there. And I saw 2009 behind me. I was going to do it on time and I was going to wear that graduation. And I thought about how good I was going to feel. I reflected on other times when I had applied to schools, when I had applied for anything and I had gotten in and how that felt. So take that fear and switch it. Turn it to winning. Turn it to you've already done it. Okay. If you're having trouble coming up with ideas or places where you can try the flooding, 
Make a list of the ways that fear is holding you back. Think about um, a part of your life that you are struggling with and not only list those areas out, but list, so what is that doing to you? So for me, when I would get stuck, I would think about more money that I could earn. And when I had this degree, more jobs that would be open to me and the type of jobs that are going to require that, that graduate level experience. I thought about how I would be a better leader at work because I would have more credibility. I would have more resources. I would have more knowledge. So remember the times, number four, remember the times you were fearful and you still made a good choice. Remind yourself, read your resume or, or check your receipts, as uh, Rest in Peace Whitney used to say. I want you to think about the times that it, that it did work. Remember our, our motivation in the beginning, people say yes to me, like believe it is possible. Number five, I want you to just practice dealing with things that are uncomfortable. Get into the habit. When I started my graduate degree, every day was tough. Nobody ever just gave it to me. I was the only person putting this puzzle piece together of schoolwork, school attendance, building relationships with school friends, building relationships with professors, maintaining relationships with my professional network, maintaining my personal relationships, getting my work done. Hello, somebody. You still have to get your work done. You still got to manage everybody there. Plus, now I had all these other stakeholders that were concerned about my job. It's not going to get easy when you face your fears. It's going to get better, though. And you have to start to separate those two things. So don't think that discomfort is always going to mean negativity. Start to put discomfort with overcoming fear, with, with motivation, with knowing that you're doing something, with movement, okay? So start to realize that discomfort and fear mean you're moving. It means you're going forward, folks. If you're not doing anything that makes you uncomfortable, stop it, man. That was me clapping. I want to shake you out of that. If you, if life is easy right now, why? Now, if you're going to tell me, hey, Mary, I'm retired. That's great. This podcast is probably not for you. This podcast is for high achievers that are trying to do something in your life, man. That's why we're talking about speaking up, standing out, managing your time, writing a book. We're training you for something big here. What is it, though? Only you know what that is. So realize that when you're feeling that discomfort, that might be your purpose, right? The world might not want that to be fulfilled, but there is a seed inside of you that wants to be watered. It wants to grow. What would it look like if you watered the thing that you want? What would happen if you did what you know you need to do? What would happen if you stopped being afraid? If you just jumped, what would happen? Really think it through. Really give yourself enough respect to attack the most common challenge in your life. Might be procrastination. For me, I fight procrastination all the time. It's a sign of genius. But if procrastination is keeping you on the couch, that's different from procrastinating, making you want to just read the details a little bit longer, wanting to work with the beta group. If you're not taking steps through the discomfort, you're not going to go anywhere. And when you start to take those steps, you're going to boost your self-esteem. You're going to be happier in life. When you start to learn to embrace that discomfort as a positive sign that your life is changing for the better, my friend, that is when you're getting started. That is when you started. That's how you get unstuck. That's how you do it. It's that simple. So I want you to think about what it is that is holding you back, okay? 
It might be something as simple as you just haven't printed out the application. You haven't even researched what the deadline is. We're so quick to just stop before we even started. So I want you to rebuild that ability in you. I want you to think about how you can enjoy discomfort, okay? And I'm gonna give you a couple of things that I do to enjoy discomfort, and then you can do you know, what you wanna do. But put in the comments what works for you, right? I try to delay tasks. I will, if I know something is gonna be fun, I know it sounds horrible to people, I don't do a lot of fun stuff. I'm going to be honest. I really, I attach my fun stuff to rewarding for me. So think about how are you going to reward yourself for the discomfort? Okay. Like I hate making, um, I hate, I hate making phone calls. I'm going to be honest. It's such a millennial thing. I'm embarrassed to even say it, but we're talking about fears. So I'm going to be honest with you. I hate making phone calls. I love talking to people. This is how crazy it is, right? I love talking to people. I hate that anticipation of the phone ringing and then you have to make that first like awkward sentence introducing yourself. I hate it. It's the worst, okay? I said it, we're done. So anytime I introduce yourself, I introduce myself to you. Be really kind, like smile at people. I always try to be nice when I'm introducing myself. So when I do that, when I go to a social event, when I do something that's really draining as an introvert who's out here faking like an extrovert, I reward myself. That's when I go get my nails done. That's when I make an appointment to get a massage. That's when I do something like that. So reward yourself this week. Notice when you're in discomfort, when you're having a challenging conversation, when you're not just mindlessly eating, when you're you know, watching TV, when you're not snacking on something, when you could be you know, just drinking some water. When you are noticing those positive changes where you're taking the choice of discomfort, you ordered the salad instead of the steak, I want you to reward yourself. First of all, notice that you went through the discomfort. Notice it's uncomfortable. Notice that though it's the right decision. If you're trying to lose weight, the steak is not as helpful as the salad, period. And do the salad without the dressing, it's even better. Notice that, give yourself credit for it because nobody else will if you don't. And I want you to tell me in the comments, I want you to join the LinkedIn group. I want you to connect with me because if nobody else in your life is telling you that you're awesome. If nobody else in your life is telling you, bravo, you're doing it, I will. I think it's awesome. That's my favorite thing. If you follow me on Instagram, I posted this clip of this girl cheerleading her life out. And the caption said, them telling me that you have to cheer yourself on when nobody else does. And then me is doing the cheer. I love, I would have been a cheerleader. None of the schools I went to, the school I went to did not have cheerleading. They did in college. I'm not that good. But I will tell you in the next episode about what sport I was an NCAA athlete and I know you didn't believe it. I, I know people don't think I'm that athletic, but I am. I got into NCAA. Anywho, thanks for listening to Getting Unstuck with Meredith Moore Crosby. I know there are thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and I'm grateful that you've found mine. If today's episode helped you to leave fear behind and to leap forward into discomfort and achieve your goals, I want you to comment below and tell me what helped you? I want you to share this episode and connect with me at gettingunstuckguide.com. There you'll find show notes and more. Please share and review this podcast to help someone you know get unstuck today. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.